This is a podcast for the moments in life you say to yourself, now what? We will uncover hard topics such as fertility, infertility, the challenges it can bring to women in marriages, miscarriages, abortion, womanhood, identity, motherhood, and more. Wherever you're listening, we're so glad you're here. Now here's Kristen Comstock. Hey guys, this is Kristen Comstock with the Now What Podcast, and I am here with a special guest. Before we get started, I just want to remind you guys, the reason behind this podcast is really to talk about the really tough topics that we don't often talk about, such as miscarriage, abortion, adoption, uh, marital topics, uh, identity as a woman. So all of those things we really want to dive into. So um, I have my friend Tammy Stewart here with me, who is a mom of three boys and has been married for how long have you been married to your husband july will be 36 years 36 years so Mm -hmm. maybe next time we have you back we should talk about some marital topics since you have lots of experience in that um but today what we're actually going to be talking about and you have the background for it so i'm going to let you introduce a little bit about what you do um for a living but we're going to be talking about god's power to heal our mind today which i think is can be applied to many of the topics that we'll cover in this podcast, such as abortion and miscarriages, rape, uh, promiscuity, all of these things that as women we may experience. Um, And so I think it's so important to talk about our mind because our mind is powerful and it can be used for good and bad. And so I really want to talk about the power that God has because he's our ultimate uh, strength, um, the power that he has to help us with healing for our mind um, and in our mind. So before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do for a living? You're a business owner. So I am a business owner. So I am a licensed clinical social worker and I have a private practice offering counseling, um, primarily one-on-one with individuals, but I do do some family count, some family counseling. Okay. Okay. So, um, being that you obviously talk to people on a regular basis about whatever they, all the topics that they may have experienced that have impacted their lives. Um, can you just kind of explain to me when somebody comes in to you, what, they may say to you that indicates that they're ready, willing, and able to go ahead and start a healing process with, you know, maybe a trauma they've experienced or maybe just poor life patterns or choices. Um, what would somebody come in and really say that tells you they're ready to experience healing? Well, the fact that they're showing up is one indicator. Um, the fact that they are they themselves are making the phone call because sometimes I will have a wife call for her husband or somebody calling for their child, and um, that isn't the best case scenario. It's better than nothing, and we can get them in the door, right? Um, depending on what the problem is. But if somebody calls for themselves, that's an indicator that they've come to the end of themselves and they're ready to do something, right? Um, I initially will do a full assessment in their first um, session. And depending on the answers that they give, how much they're willing to expound on those answers will give me some indication of how willing they're going to be, to be honest and forthcoming. 
Um, but really, the litmus test is when I give a suggestion or an, or an assignment, and do they follow through? Do they actually apply the things that you have to offer them as far as coping skills or uh, a specific assignment to perhaps maybe I might give them something simple to begin with, like keeping a small gratitude journal. Mm. Um, it's not taxing. It takes maybe five minutes of your time a day. Um, and do they follow through with that? And if they don't, I, I certainly don't say, well, you're fired. Right, right, right. right. Um, but it just but indicates it, their how motivated they are to begin to experience that's healing right. or explore the paths to um, having God heal parts of their life that's and right. in their mind. That's right. And and the thing is, is a lot of people come into counseling thinking the counselor is going to fix them. That's not my job. Right. Right. Um, I do counsel from a Christian perspective. So God is always there um, as part of the process. And it's um, an exploration, right? Because it is. somebody may say, well, I need healing because I was molested, let's mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. but and and maybe there's something deeper there that you end up actually encountering that's going to be the key element to having healing from that experience potentially. That's true. Well, sometimes the molestation is one thing, but the molestation may have led to a pattern of behavior in their lives like promiscuity right. or an addiction to pornography, right. something along those lines. And so the molestation may not be the primary for them that that they're struggling with the struggle may be the things that came as a result of the right, molestation. Right. So we can talk about what happened first, but then we have to really go to but what's happening since. Right. 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 Um, and you know, as we talked about in other um, in other episodes, there's shame involved, there's guilt involved, and so right. just like I struggled with that. There are people who struggle with having being truly honest and not justifying or not right minimizing the, and some of that may be from embarrassment or the shame that they feel like they have to mm-hmm. justify what's going on. That's so right. um, now, how do you know when they're actually ready to actually transform their mind as we talk about in scripture? which involves we're not talking about anything crazy here, okay, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm spooky spooky like we would say right it's it's um believing in god as your lord and savior and then being open to what he has to say about how you can receive healing because he wants us to be whole he he wants us to be we're his children he wants us to be happy and and enjoy our lives and have the fullness of what he has desired for our path in life Mm -hmm. and so uh from a clinical perspective, talk to me about um, the transforming. I know that you mentioned CBT, so mm-hmm. I, we've talked about this a little bit beforehand. Yes. So can you explain from a clinical perspective how you apply that to a client that could potentially help somebody that's listening today? So CBT is an acronym um, for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And it's it's can be complex and it can be in depth, but to make it short and sweet, um, an event will happen in your life. When something happens, uh, you automatically have a thought. That's how our brains work. Right. And when you have a thought, there follows an automatic feeling or set of feelings. It could be three or four feelings. And then consequentially, we generally react or respond to those feelings. So 
that can be a normal process and, and it can have no negative effects on us. However, there are times when it can, we can have what is called distorted thoughts. Mm -hmm. So an event will happen, and, and I'll just give you an example. Um, say we've got a blended family situation, and the dad's girlfriend comes to pick up the kids, and the kids are very excited to see her. So this is, a, this is an event that happens. And the mom, the thought may be, um, I can't believe she's trying to steal my kids away from me. Okay, right? I like this. This is and, a good example, right? And so the feelings that may follow with that is certainly anger. It can be jealousy. It can be sadness. It can be fear. It can be all of them at one time. And then, consequentially, to those feelings, she could turn in on herself. She could isolate. She could, you know, go eat a tub of ice cream. She could call up the the father of the children and lash out at him. Keep right. that mm -hmm, or away from me. Even potentially or lash out at her own children. Lash out and at her children. Become angry that they, you know, essentially Look forward maybe to choose her woman. or whatever over right. the mom. So. so a suggestion that I would make is can we challenge what you're telling yourself? Can we challenge that belief, right? So this is where the CBT comes into term or comes into play is if we challenge the belief that this woman's trying to take away my children mm -hmm. and we go, mm, is there really a lot of evidence to support that? Right. You know, almost take it to a court of law. Um, and then if there, um, even if there is some evidence, like in her mind, she sees evidence because we tend to do that. We tend right. to... Um, create a scenario that supports our hypothesis, Correct. right? Um, instead, she can say, there's another woman, there's another human being out there that loves my children. And I'm really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't love this person. Or for the help, just the or logistical the help. help. That's right. <laughs> that, that she cares enough to know up. what my children like and to come pick them up so they can be with their father. Or take them to soccer practice or take them Anything, to baseball practice. Because it's sacrificial time, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So changing what you tell yourself is going to automatically change your set of feelings. You may still be a little bit sad. For sure, right? yeah. That, that there has to be another woman in your children's lives. Or um, you might even still have a little bit of fear there. What if they love her more than they love right. me, right? But you can also have gratitude. And the anger might subside and not no longer exist. And so, therefore, your actions as a reaction won't be as harsh. You're not going to, you know, lash out at him or, or lash so out at her. So what would be the homework to that client? Like, because this is a very real scenario, I feel like a good amount of people mm -hmm. could potentially mm -hmm. relate to. Um, and it could be worse on the other end. It could be a girlfriend picking up the kids that said, well, they're not my kids, so I'm not going to do A, B, and C. That's right. So, but just in this scenario, what would be a homework assignment that you would give this person? So if they're listening, they have kind of a starting point. So, uh, so I have a handout that I give out that kind of breaks it out into a chart form so it's easier to do it. Um, but <clears throat> um, the homework I would give my clients is between now and our next session, each day I'd like you to take a situation that has occurred that led to maybe a negative thought or a harmful thought and I'd like you to put it down, write down what the event was, write down what your thought was and write down what your feelings were. Then I want you to go back and challenge that belief and write down what is something different you can tell yourself, mm. right? And then I want you to follow that with how did your feelings shift and change? 
because the the idea is to begin putting it on paper so you can see it mm-hmm. and then start to practice it on a regular basis and right. it becomes an automatic if you practice it enough. If somebody cuts me off in traffic, there was a point in time in my life when I would have said explicative, explicative and had <laughs> a lot of things to say about this person right. who has no idea I even exist. Right. Today, if somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'll change the thought to he may have just gotten a phone call that his son is in the hospital. Right. And that turns me to instead of being angry or self-righteous, if we're honest, um, I go to a place of, Lord, I don't know what's going on in this man's life, but he's clearly in a hurry and I just pray protection around him. Right. So I go from having anger and self-righteousness to being prayerful. Such a good, such a good, uh, homework assignment that or activity that you could really apply to almost any scenario Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. your life. That's right. One scenario that we had previously talked about that I want to bring up because I think it's a really, really good um, example. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can also speak into this um, is as a woman, whether let's say, you know, whether you were maybe abused by um, a woman, um, molestation, what all the reasons why some women decide they don't want relationships with other women, whether let, maybe their spouse had an affair and so now they feel uncomfortable around any woman, whatever. The, I mean, there's so many scenarios that we right. could give around that. But challenging the idea that somebody would say, I'm not going to have relationships with other women because they wouldn't understand me or accept me um, and that it would just be a basically a super official relationship so essentially what's the point what's mm-hmm. the point of having a relationship with mm-hmm. other women mm-hmm. and ideally hopefully it's other women that believe in god that can push you forward in your relationship with christ that can encourage you to continue to become better but just in that scenario in general because it's a very common i mean i don't know how many women i've heard say yeah i don't really have that many friends that are women or i i'm not friends with women um, all my friends are guy friends which I do not believe is what God necessarily designed for us. Right. Right. So what would you say to that scenario? What would you speak into, again, from a clinical perspective? Because that's kind of what we're talking about right now. Right. So from a clinical perspective, what I hear a lot about is I don't trust women. Right. And there can be evidence to support that. You may have had women in your life that created reasons for distrust. Um, and so what I, what I challenge them to do is are, because what happens is they make a generalized decision based off of one, two, three experiences. And I, I would be honest to say that I've been in that position. For sure. You have to challenge that to say, has every female relationship been unhealthy? Has every female relationship been harmful? Has every female relationship been one that you couldn't trust? Yeah. And then you get honest with yourself and you realize, no, there have been women who have been there for me, who brought me chicken soup when I was sick or listened to me when I was going through that thing in my life. Um, and when that happens, when you start to recognize that no... Not every woman is distrustful. Right. Um, you can actually start to identify, well, what was it about that woman that was a good friend to me in that moment? What was it about that relationship that 
served me or I felt connected to. Mm-hmm. And you begin to identify some some patterns. You de- de- begin to identify characteristics in those people. Then you can make healthy choices of in identifying you, those and say, this would be a good fit. That's right. This, we, I probably need to set some boundaries here. That's right. Now, what would you say to a woman that just says straight up, no, I, I haven't had any healthy relationships with women? Then what? I definitely challenge that because it's a distorted thought. It's a distorted thought when we say, I can't trust any woman. Mm-hmm. That's. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, what if there is a, a, a woman out there, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are, mm-hmm. that they have not had any healthy relationships with women. So how do you begin to change that thought process? Because we do know that they, there can be and are healthy relationships right. with other women that you can grow and lean on for support. But for somebody maybe that came from a background where they truly didn't have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with any woman, mm-hmm. how do you begin to change that thought process process when their experience has been unhealthy relationships with women? Well, there's two parts of it. One, we'll start talking about, do you want relationships with women and how can you benefit from that? What does God say about that community and that fellowship, right? How would God ask you to fellowship and be in community with other women if it was going to be harmful or unhealthy for you, right? Um, and if and we know that that's not true. We know God would want us to be in relationship with each other and to have those friendships. Um, and so then challenging them to step out of their comfort zone um, and start to, with one person, begin to start to build uh, a connection. Yes. Right? And this is with somebody that God has really placed in their life. This isn't that's just right. pick some random person. Right. Right. Somebody that, like you said, Holy Spirit uh, is prompting. And I love right. this conversation because you guys, just so you know, we didn't actually plan on going this direction with this conversation, but uh-huh. I just love what the Holy Spirit is doing because this is such a, a real scenario and something that I've heard so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Coming from this conversation leading into going back to relationships and we're talking about healing of a mind can be applied to our relationships with women. How do you apply that? You talk about horizontal and vertical relationship and you guys, this is great. I literally love this. This is something that I've jotted down and I'm going to keep with me from now on. So can you explain the horizontal relationships and then the vertical relationship right so so we we tend to um look at the world from a vertical perspective right the people around us and and or a horizontal i'm sorry a horizontal okay yes thank you for that (laughs) i was like wait which way are we going do the words come out of my mouth match (laughs) what's in my head not always um, no, we we generally live from that horizontal place, right? right. And and it's we live in a world, right? right? Yeah. And and we're surrounded by people, and people can hurt people, and people can help people, right. people can bless people. You got your relationship um, with your kids. You got your relationship with your parents potentially. You got your relationship with a husband or a, a spouse, a partner. Um, you got a relationship with friends, you know, siblings, you have relationship with people you work with, right? Um, so you have all these relationships. And and you have to navigate. Them. Yes, They're, you're navigating a lot of personalities, you're navigating people's wounds, you're navigating their their bad days. If your coworker comes to work, and they've had a fight with their husband, guess what, you get to navigate that today, right? Because yes. they're not going to be the best version of themselves. 
But what happens is, is we get we get so fixated on those horizontal relationships that we forget that we have a vertical relationship. Mm-hmm. We have that relationship with God, right? We have that relationship through Holy Spirit, and and that has to be our primary relationship mm-hmm. is that vertical, um, so that we then know how to navigate in a healthy way those horizontal relationships. Um, we we can ask Holy Spirit to to um, give us insight to make our hearts tender towards somebody that we really want to go. You need to, you know, get out of my face now. Right. <laughs> right. And instead and have it's really passion for a them. connection. It's a vertical connection that mm-hmm. will then flow into our horizontal relationships. relationships. That's right. Whether um, feeding in, pouring into your spouse, pouring into your husband and having that, that connection with God to where you can really identify what they need and Mm -hmm. pause. Like Mm -hmm. I know I've been running around. I mean, this is a very real scenario for Mm -hmm. me is I run around like crazy. I mean, you should see my husband and I's shared office. One side is mine. One side is his. It's a very clear line. I have papers covering the entire floor and his is all nice and tidy, but I can be so busy sometimes where I don't recognize that I need to like pause, even if it's just for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. and just <clears throat> I see you I'm really busy this week I see you and I love you mm-hmm. and having that connection when we really connect with God um, like I think it was yesterday the day before I left him like a little love letter love letter on his desk which I never I mean when we were newlyweds maybe but I never do that anymore but truly that was only because God gave me the moment and the connection to identify that I had been so busy with so many things this last two weeks that I wasn't pausing with that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it can be applied, like you said, to any relationship, even a relationship with a coworker to identify something else is going on here. Right. How can I be of service? Right. How can I love this person in this moment? Because sometimes God asks us to love the unlovable. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes yeah. my husband can be unlovable. For sure. Right. For sure. I know sure. I can be unlovable sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so yes. if I can be unlovable, I'm pretty sure others can as well. And we were just talking about, you know, getting on each other's nerves and, you know, <laughs> our little things that we get irritated with our uh-huh. spouse about uh-huh. in particular. But even with a group of my friends that are all women, um, I mean, you know, because you're a part of that. Yeah. I have had to say, I'm frustrated with you guys. Right. But in a healthy way. Right. And we really can't do that if we don't have a connection. Because I think what will happen, and correct me if, if you think I'm wrong here, uh-huh. but I think this is where the uh, I don't trust women come into play. Right. Is because when we don't have that connection, what ends up coming out is vile it it's um acidic i almost see it as like this acidic thing that mm-hmm. we spew out on other women yes and then in turn cause them and this is why I, exactly. this is what they'll say and this is why i don't trust women that's or, exactly and right. this is why i don't have any relationships with women um and so how can we better have a, a a connection with god that will come out into those horizontal relationships 
Well, the connection with God is going to be time spent with him, right? The community with God is is very much the same. God is modeling for us what we should be doing in our horizontal relationships, being in spending time with him, spending time in his word. This this is a love letter. Mm-hmm. Um, spending time and knowing his character, knowing learning his will for us. Um, he left us with two commandments, you know, that Jesus spoke about, and that was love one another, right? Love God first, but then love one another. Mm -hmm. But if we're loving God well and we're communing with him, then we're learning how to love others well and how to commune with them as well. And I think too, it really comes um, with other women in modeling the behaviors that we would like to see from one another, right? So if you come to me and you say, you've hurt my feelings, I have to be willing to hear that, even if it stings. And, and not listen, be defensive. Not be defensive. Which can like, be really, really hard to That's do. right. That's right. I have to slow down, step outside of my feelings, and be present for you, just the same as I would want you to be for me. Mm-hmm. And then I have to be willing to say, I'm so sorry that mm-hmm. I did that. Yeah. Or I'm so sorry, even if it wasn't my intentions, right. even if I didn't even realize what I'd done but still have some remorse for having been a part of causing pain for you. And I think that that is where the building of trust comes from. And here's the truth. There are going to be people in our lives that are not safe relationships, Mm -hmm. but God, God is going to lead us in that. Right. 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 Um, And so we can have a kind relationship. We can be, demonstrating God's love and God's grace in that person's life. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be privy to all of our secrets and, and you know, that depth of a relationship. Right. Right. So tying this back into God's power to heal our mind, because in all honesty, relationships can be one of the biggest reasons why a person can struggle, whether it's something that has happened in a relationship, something that another person has done And so we need that healing power of God, especially for our mind. Mm -hmm. And we know that God's word says to guard our heart, Proverbs 4.23, which, you know, say it with me. Uh, (laughs) Above above all all else, guard guard your your heart, for for out of the the heart flows flows the wellspring of life. life. (laughs) And that, we're, it's, yes, we we know that scripture well. Yeah, we Um, do. But it, it is so true. So something that we talked about um, is in healing is kind of the ongoing care. Like we've already experienced some type of trauma or something that we need healing from in our mind. And then the second piece would be the preventative uh, care. And so there's two scriptures here that, mm-hmm. that we discussed. So the first one is Romans 12.2. And this is kind of the ongoing care, if you will. I don't know a better way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have that one pulled up or do you have the other one? I think um, you have the other one. Hold on just a second. I've written some things. I do have Romans 12 too. Okay, do you have Amplified? I do. Do you want to read that one? Mm-hmm. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love that. And then the message translation says, uh, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. 
Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Steadily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, develops well-informed maturity in you. And I love that. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, it's good. I specifically love this version because it's so applicable to our life of our eating, our sleeping, our going out here and going to Target and, you know, going mm-hmm. where all the places, going to the beach, going on vacation. Um, Our walking around life. Yes. And I love it. It says, uh, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I mean, how, how, how many times can I say I go through my day and I'm just going through my day? Right. Like I know all the things I've looked at my calendar. These are all the things I need to do today. And this is what I'm going to do today. And it's thoughtless. Right. It really is because I'm just following my schedule. Yeah, when you read that, I thought that is our enemy that he's talking about right there, which is the busyness of life. Yes. And we get so hyper focused on our to do lists and and where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to accomplish that we um, we don't slow down to consider the people that we're interacting with. We don't. Or even the opportunity that God's placing in front of us to speak life into somebody. I mean, how many women or or men or children have passed me by that I've been so busy that I haven't even stopped to think, wonder what kind of words of encouragement they need spoken into them today. Right. And that can be the woman checking you out at the grocery store. Yes. How are you doing today? And I am. You have a great day. I tell you what, I am terrible with the woman at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever rung me out at Publix, I am sorry (laughs) because you know why? I have been on the phone with my job. I've been on the phone probably from 7 a.m. until I'm probably still on the phone, if I'm being honest, while I'm checking out the grocery store. And I'm just so tired of talking to people that I'm just like, head down, take my money. I got to get home so I can cook right. dinner. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible about that. So let's move into the preventative care. So mm-hmm. we've talked about the healing power of God. And this is a great scripture to go to is that Romans 12 two. But let's talk about the preventative care because really we should be guarding our heart and we should have preventative measures so that we have a mind that is full of what God's word says about us and that is full of life rather than what the world says. So um, Joshua 1.8, and I've got one Joshua 1.8, one through nine, but I want you to read like, I think it's five through nine Mm -hmm. um, from the Amplified version. And so I'm going to include the amplification parts of this. So no man will be able to stand before you to oppose you as long as you live. Just as I was present with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and confident, courageous for you I'm sorry, let me say that again. Be strong and confident and courageous, for you will give this people as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers, ancestors, to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do everything in accordance with the entire law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. 
Do not turn it. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will be successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love that. So I'm going to read the message version of this. uh, And this is one through nine. After the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses's assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Get going. Cross the Jordan River. You, all the people, cross the country. I'm giving you, I'm giving you to the people of Israel. I'm giving you every square inch of the land you set your foot on, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon east to the great river, the Euphrates River, and all the Hittite country, and then west to the great sea. So this is like a huge portion of land. Mm -hmm. It's all yours. All your life, no one will be able to hold out against you. In the same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Strength, courage. You're going to lead this people to inherit the land that I promised to give their ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you, every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get everywhere you're going. Don't for a minute let the book of the revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Make sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage. Don't be timid. Don't be discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. Yeah. So going back in the beginning, what we said about the clinical, how do I know, is whether or not somebody's applying. Mm. And that's what he talks about when he says strength and courage. Strength and courage is talking about action. Mm -hmm. He's saying to take action, right? Being timid is going to be a passive position. Passive is I'm listening. I want you to fix me. I hear what you're saying, but you're not taking action on it. He's saying take action. And that word meditate, that is key for me as far as the preventative. It's meditate on it, be preventative, and mm-hmm. take action. Do as I called you to do. Right. Strength and courage. That's right. So, and that doing takes courage, mm-hmm. and that courage comes from God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Now What with Kristen Comstock. Be sure to turn on your notifications so you don't miss the next episode. See you next time.